My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I give thanks to my God in heaven for the faith given to you by the power of the Holy Spirit this day. Amen. It is good to be with you once again to celebrate this great day. And I bring you greetings from your brothers and sisters in Christ across the English district, but especially from my people at Peace Lutheran Church. It is important for us to understand the clear call from God that he places on us all. And these words for the text, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, from Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. You know, the question has been debated and discussed. The Reformation was strongly about the understanding between the difference between good works and faith. And it is very clear in God's word that we cannot, we cannot earn our own salvation by our good works. But it's clear in the text for today that God is calling us to serve and love our neighbor, to love him with our heart, soul, and strength. Some have asked the question about good works in the church, and what part do they play? In fact, Luther, when asked this very question, and you have to know that somebody asked Luther that question, right? When Luther was asked this question, he answered this, we ought first to know that there are no good works except those which God has commanded, even as there is no sin except that which God has forbidden. Therefore, whoever wishes to know and to do good works needs nothing else than to know simply the Ten Commandments. It sounds like confirmation, does it not? The six chief parts, the simplest of faith, those things that God has commanded us to do. Therefore, know the commandments. And tied up in the commandments are all that God would seek us to do. But remember this, the text reminds us that all of those things in obeying the Ten Commandments point to one thing and one thing alone to our God, that he may be given glory, that the work of Jesus, the Son of God, may be proclaimed, and that the forgiveness of sins and salvation is spoken to the entire world. And then we have this man, Jesus, who said this, Matthew 19, if thou wilt enter into life, keep my commandments. And when the young man had asked him, what shall we do that we may inherit eternal life? Christ sets before him nothing else than the Ten Commandments. Now you think about that for a second. The simplicity of what are we supposed to do with this Christian faith. For many, the understanding of the Ten Commandments is in the theory easy to do, right? I don't kill people. I don't commit adultery. Well, unless you get back to that whole question, if you think upon someone with lust, you've committed adultery. But we won't get specific there. You know, we love to uphold certain commandments and say how wonderful we hold these commandments. But we forget that before God gossiping about the neighbor, talking about the pastor when you go home, which my pastor told me when I was younger, they will talk about you all the time. Some good, some bad, right? All the time. 
Am I right? For you veterans? And I'll never forget that. Because I told my people when I first became a pastor at Our Savior, I said, I hope you talk about me. And I hope you talk about what I talk about when it comes to the Bible and Jesus and forgiveness and salvation. We can very easily put away the big commandments of God and forget about the simple ones like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or another one. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Later in the Gospels, adding strength to that. Do you follow those commandments? Do you adhere to those laws of God? If you watch in our world today, I would have to say to you that I think the, the command to love our neighbor has been set aside. It has become last in the life of our American culture, at least. It has become secondary to our nature. Yet, in practice, loving God is simply sharing his love with others. Think about that for a second. You know, it's very easy to say, I go to church. I'm regular in worship attendance. I tell my people all the time, I want you here to hear the word of God, to partake of his body and blood. But I also want you to take that good news out with you. To share it with those who might not know Jesus. To extend the very love that was given to you upon the cross in forgiveness of those who have trespassed against you. And today, we celebrate the gift that God gives your church. Another, a senior pastor to lead you and proclaim that gospel message. I know you are going to be celebrating 25 years next week. Am I right about this? Well, this is a perfect time, right? We give thanks to God for the 25 years that he has given you and look forward to 25 more, right? And the truth of it is, there's so much opportunity for the gospel message here in this place. The truth of it is, for us, God's people, we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I share with you a brief story. I was at lunch last week, sitting by the door, and an older gentleman with a walker was leaving. And I was literally on the other side of the glass an arm's length away. And I saw him struggling with the door, and I went to get up, and I noticed him very staunchly grab the door and open it. My inclination was to go around and help him hold the door, but I realized he wanted to do it himself. In fact, his daughter who came behind him said, oh, dad, you should have just waited for me. I had a similar experience when I was in church as a young usher at 18. I was standing on the side of our sanctuary helping people come to the altar. And I reached my hand out to Frank, 93 years old. And Frank went like this. Of course, a young, strapping 18-year-old, you know, what am I supposed to do now? Four weeks later, I was back from the seminary. When I was in seminary, I came home to visit again. And Frank was heading up to the altar, and I reached my hand out, and he grabbed it. And he looked at me and said, I need it today. Think about that. There are many days in our lives when we need the help of the Holy Spirit. 
You see, the idea of adhering to the Ten Commandments only comes in the understanding of what was given to you in holy baptism. That is to say, the Holy Spirit. Faith in Jesus Christ does not come on your own accord. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit given to you in holy baptism. Thus, we understand clearly that any good work that we do is done only by the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit. In the same way, let your light shine before others, the text says, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I happen to know your new pastor, and I also know that I assume you will hear this more than once. We give glory to God the Father for what he has done. And how do we give glory to God? We extend that same love that he provides to us. That same forgiveness that is provided in that infant Jesus. You know, I, I love Christmas because we talk about the baby and how cute the baby Jesus is. You know, you go around, and especially with the young ones in church, they're so cute, aren't they? But this baby doesn't stay cute. This baby grows to have bloody scars, a crown of thorns, nails in his hands and feet, a pierced side, and then he arises from that death. He does what we cannot do, the only good work that is that matters. He gives his life. He gives his life for those who hate him, for those that would disown him and dishonor him, those that would say he is their God, and yet, think about that. And you can fill in the blank, by the way, with what follows, and yet. How do we let our light shine before men? I know for a fact you will hear from Pastor McKay the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You will hear the word preached and taught clearly. You will hear the commands of God and his gracious love and forgiveness as we now hear from Luke 24. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that the repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You can just insert Zionsville there if you want. You can just see the picture unfold before you. The gift of God. For the pastor, the calling and the work of the office is not something that's done alone. For the pastor, it is God's people that he walks with. It is you, God's people, who are partners in ministry with Pastor Grady and Pastor McKay. It is you also that God is calling to share the love of Christ so that your Father is known in the world. I challenge you, my dear brothers and sisters, for the next 25 years, strap it on one more time, tie the boots tight, and go to work for the gospel, proclaiming his love and his forgiveness, sharing the mercy that God first showed to you in promising that he would send his son, in then sending his son, and in his son doing the work of salvation that none of us could do, and then rising, promising that he will return, and upon his return, and I love this one, my friends, 
Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To all those who deny Jesus, they will be forced to their knees and the Messiah, the King of Kings, will stand before them. And by the power of the Most High, they will have to say, this is God. Think about that. It's a day that I don't necessarily want soon to come. I got a lot of things I want to do. I still need to get to Alaska. I've been there once, and I want to go farther north. There's a lot of things I'm sure you all want to do, but the Bible reminds us that God's time is not ours, and he will come, as Jesus told his disciples, at his will when he pleases. Be ready, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not get sucked into this holiday theme. What I mean by that is this concept of the happy holidays. Preaching the word, being faithful to God, is about a blessed and a merry Christmas. The celebration of the birth of Christ. Be clear as Christians. When you take what you hear in church and you bring it to the world. My pastor used to say to us every Christmas tide, blessed Christmas to you. And it kind of got to me. And one day I asked him, why don't you say Merry Christmas, Pastor? He said, because it's blessed to know that each day God loves me. So it's a blessed Christmas, a blessed Advent, a blessed Lent where I came from. And so it kind of stuck with me. One of my people asked me the other day in Bible class, they said, Pastor, is it okay if I say Happy Holidays? I don't want to offend people. I think you know my answer. You share the love of Christ and you're honest about it. Don't be intimidated by what this world would say. God has delivered you a servant and I know in fact that you will be encouraged daily and weekly to proclaim His Word, to love your neighbor, and to let your light shine. And that light is your faith. Let that be your joy. Let that be your confidence, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. And that, let that be God's call to you so that they would all know your Savior, Jesus Christ, and his Father, who is in heaven. In his name we can say, amen. May God the Father who gives us the great gift of his Son, may God the Son who gives us the great gift of his life in death, and may God the Holy Spirit continue to bless, guide, lead, and strengthen you this day, now and forevermore. Amen.